Hi everyone, welcome to the I'll Try That Beer News and Reviews podcast. This week we're talking Fuller's and their signature beer, London Pride. But first, Travis, you've got a hot topic for us. Yeah, I do. So, as I, as I do, doing lots of research toward this podcast because I'm pretty diligent when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, I stumbled across quite an interesting article involving Her Majesty the Queen. Ooh. Oh, Queenie. Oh, Liz. Liz number two. You treat her with the respect. <laughs> so, so, so we go back to the Queen. Um, and she's launched um, her own brand of beer that's coming out of Sandring, uh, Sand- Sandringham, her royal estate. So, so apparently it, it's grown from, from her organic barley uh, that she, that's grown on the royal estate. I personally don't think... The Queen has grown this barley. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I think she's got wellies on. She's out in the fields. I think she's got, you know, her, her proper, like, you know, f- her farmer's peak caps on. And she's got, a, you know, one of those wooden spoke things. And she's lifting it up, throwing the bales over her shoulder. It's a good message, though, isn't it? No matter what your disadvantage, you can get into brewing your own beer. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the queen the queen has a huge barrier to entry to get into the into that. She had to climb quite a few mountains to get there. Yes, um, yes. No, I think it's very spot spot on in that beer has become and starting a brewery has become very easy. I would say it's not easy. Of course, it isn't. It's still a business after all. You still got to get be profitable. You still got to survive. Uh, but the fact remains that the queen or the Sandringham estate uh, brewing beer is is uh, you know. Doesn't surprise us that much, I suppose. Do you reckon she's actually sampled the beer that she's that that's been created on Sandringham? Her Royal Highness must have, have have sampled it. She must have tasted it. I I wouldn't have thought she would, you know, sink a few pints of a Friday evening uh, when you know royal duties have, have become too hard. But uh, she must have tasted it. I'm sure. Well, there's one thing I think of when I think of the Queen as a micromanager. I think she's right in there. She's like signing invoices. She's like finding out who's, you know, who's on shift that, that weekend. I think she's right in there. Yeah. She's really, you know, she's been crafting this, this design for really into all those meetings, trying to noodle it out. Yeah. I think she's right she's in there. She's classy though. She won't mention it in the speech. That's, that's, you know, there's a two separate. She doesn't mix work and pleasure. Exactly. She doesn't mix work and pleasure. She's yeah. very. Yeah. Beer, beers for the boys. Public addresses for the nation. I think I think going on the lash with the Queen would be a right laugh. It, it would be something. It would certainly be a good story, that's for sure. Her Royal Highness definitely has some cracking stories. How do you think a night out with the Queen would start? You mean a night N-I-G-H-T or K N-I-G-H-T? <laughs> <laughs> a night out with the Queen and he's in full armour. <laughs> He was there just wearing his gauntlets by the end of it. <laughs> Do you reckon you turn up to Buckingham Palace, you know, with a six-pack? You turn up maybe about seven o'clock. For prees. Planning to go out by about ten o'clock. Pre-biz at Buckingham Palace. Get over to Embargo before the free entry stops. <laughs> she doesn't have to bring her own ID, though. She just, just flashes a 20. She's <laughs> <laughs> like... I'm not messing about, mate. I might not be VIP, but I'm pretty VIP. Yeah. 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 We'll have that booth in the corner. 
Tar very much. <laughs> oh, oh, you go booth. Okay, you've got a booth. I mean, it, to be fair, you'd expect maybe with the Queen, you might get into a booth or a table of some sorts. But, you know, you're still up at the bar. You still have to, like, wade through people to get there. You know, she's probably elbowing people, like the rest of us, you know, to get into a, get a drink. I'm more excited to see her on the dance floor. I reckon she's probably had ballroom dancing lessons, but I reckon she's also, you could turn that into a bit of alternative dance and throw some big old shapes. And I reckon as soon as the DJ puts on anything by, like, you know, Queen or Bohemian Rhapsody, she just rolls her eyes and goes, I knew they'd do this. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't talked about the end of the night with the Queen. Like, what what happens there? Oh, kebab. A kebab. She's in a kebab, yeah. is she? Now, does the queen also, does she pull out her, she takes off her off her high heels and she puts out the pumps that she's had in the handbag the whole time? No, queen's just gone barefoot. Barefoot, barefoot around the streets of London. Don't worry, gang, I'll call us a carriage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all in all, I'd say this sounds like a great night out. If You know, we could do that with the queen. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're obviously yet to try these beers from Sandringham Estate. Uh, we tried to get them for an episode and they're not selling anything right now. We might find them in supermarkets. It tantalizingly tells us on the website. We might get them on websites in the future. Look forward to that. Can't wait. Guys, so I'm full of pride at the moment. London pride. (laughs) (laughs) That's possibly the worst joke you've done ever on this podcast. It was a smooth transition, though. It was an awful transition. If you're going to carry on like this, I'm going to do more details about the different temperatures at which you can drink certain <laughs> beers. <laughs> Fuller's are a brewery in London, uh, uh, a, a part of London that you used to live not too far away from, I understand, Joe. Yeah, actually, well, that's true. I was in, I've all, I jumped all around the southwest London and, and, and uh, west London is my jam. Uh, you know, living around Fulham, lived around Chelsea, lived into Putney, moved into, uh, into Battersea as well. So. Fuller's, or the Griffin Brewery, an iconic brewery in London. If you're coming into London from the northwest or from the, from the west side, which is most of the UK, if you're basically driving from one part of the UK into London and you're not coming from, you know, Kent or Sussex or whatever, then you're going to go past the Fuller's Brewery. The Fuller's Brewery is still on this site at, uh, at Griffin, it's called Griffin Brewery. And Griffin Brewery is basically like the one, one, like kind of the, the main site is there in Chiswick. And you can see it driving in. There's this big, huge, you know, ornate looking, you know, kind of that Fuller's Brewery symbol. It's glorious, isn't it? I don't want to say kind of burgundy red, but I know that's not right because I'm a bit colorblind. So what red would you say that is? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to say regal red, but that's not a particular kind of red. But yeah, the, there's a red that I, I can only say it just goes very well with gold. C- crimson, maybe? I'm just going to call it red. Gorgeous brewery. And actually, if that's made me think, because you mentioned a couple of areas of London there, that um, <laughs> I know that Drabbers is going to laugh at me here. But I remember back in my university days, I um, rode the head of the river race so the head of the river race is the course that the Oxford Cambridge. Thanks, Travers. I know it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> You're laughing at me. So the the head of the river race is the course that Oxford and Cambridge row. And so um, even as a guy who loves rowing, I can't say it's pretty boring. Uh, but the head of the river race is a really long five kilometer stretch of the Thames. 
where you go past um, basically that area of, um, you know, Fulham, where Fulham's football club's uh, ground is, Craven Cottage. You go under Hammersmith Bridge. Um, it's a really arduous, very long part of um, the, the river to, to run through. And that's why the Oxford-Cambridge race is is so popular, is is you have to really put in a stint to, to win. Um, and I remember one of the best uh, feelings I ever had drinking beer was having done the Oxford, uh, the head of the river race, which is 5.7 kilometers, I think, rather than a traditional two kilometer rowing race. We finished that tough day. And I think it must have been February or March time. We went into a, a, a pub on the banks of the, of the Thames, uh, uh, not far from Hammersmith. And we're drinking Fuller's London Pride, um, less than a mile or so, or a couple of miles from the, the, the Fuller's Griffin Brewery. Um, and watching the rugby, having had a successful day on the, on the river. Um, for me, you can't beat that. Um, and you know, there's also something to be said. I, I think you can taste it in the beer, but Fuller's and the Griffin Brewery, um, there's, there's a lot of history there. And that is a, a staple beer for, for London dwellers and the UK as a whole. I was just really involved in Barber's story. I, I, I was there for it. You know, I used to live not that far away from the where Oxford and Cambridge used to start, the rowing race used to start um, when I lived in Putney. So, you know, right along there. And, and it's just all along the banks of the Thames, right by the Chiswick, uh, you know, up to Chiswick. And that's obviously where, where Fuller's Brewery is. But for me, London Pride is quintessentially, you know, a London ale. You know, it's actually now they've renamed it to an original ale, which I've never heard that being phrase being used for to describe a beer of original ale. So I think London Pride or Fuller's have made this decision that you know because they've been around for so long 172 years to be precise that you know that they have the right to take themselves away or distance themselves from other ales and beers that have been out there and just say this is london pride it's an original ale this is a a beer that has been around for a very very long time and i think that's quite interesting this is an ownable space for those more established brewers that have been out for you know that have been around for this amount of time that are now saying you know we're not an ipa we're not a pale ale we're an original you know, we're something that has been around and cannot be easily replicated in the in the modern modern times. I think that's really nice because they've they've kind of set themselves up. They're kind of saying that they they are the original. They are they are the staple, and everything else from this is not so much. Um, it's the wrong word to say imitation, but um, a variation. I think would be the word to say is a variation of the what of what they're based down. They're saying we're the original. We're the first. Everything else. They're not saying it's bad or anything like that, but they're saying you guys have changed it, tweaked it, but we we are the original formula that's been put out there. Now, talking that they've been around for a very long time, they are, as you say, Drab, the original formula. What do you guys make to the news that you know they were they sold uh you know over about two years ago now uh they sold London Pride and the Fuller's Brewery, you know, they've sold their whole business to Asahi for two hundred and fifty million pounds. You know what it 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 I w- I would like to say it surprises me but it doesn't since since doing this podcast we've learned about so many breweries that have started off small independent or have been going for years and years and years but then have sold themselves to a bigger brewery which I I 100% get at the, at the same time if I was offered that that big kind of payout sort of thing I would probably take it sort of thing you can, there's only there's only so much you can 
there's only so much you could go as a small brewery before you you kind of have to be brought out to develop your product anymore, which is kind of sad to say. But you say small brewery. Fuller's is not a small brewery. Fuller's is a staple here in the UK. They've been brewing beer on the Griffin site in Chiswick since the 1600s. You know, this is a well-established, long-established company. And, you know, they are one of the biggest hotel and pub chain owners in the UK. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm often curious, um, like hearing about um, brews, particularly one such uh, that's so long-established as you described there, Joe, uh, whether it's about... Um, having an owner perhaps from from somewhere further away, whether that owner might give them the opportunity to have access to other beer drinkers in other parts of the world, or whether it's necessarily that they're getting a an, an owner um, that can maybe give them a bit of an influx of of cash to um, make their beer more well known within the UK. As you said, Fuller's look very well established in the in the UK, um, but but equally potentially a little bit centralized and, and perhaps without um, the reach to the other parts of the country. So that's what I'm curious about is whether it's about um, expanding the reach where they are or or it doesn't sound, it sounds strange to say it's a different idea, but but access to, to completely different international markets is, is what I'm curious about. I think that's spot on. I think that's exactly what this acquisition is going to open up. We've talked about these major acquisitions before, you know, will we start to see some of these more traditional, you know, local or national favorites being in more international markets? Um, but I think vice versa as well. You know, we know Asahi wants and needs to make a big impact here in the UK. So a company like Fuller's makes perfect sense because they don't just sell beer and make beer. They own the the areas where people can go, well, the, the pubs, the hotels, where people will access their drinks. So another drink manufacturer like Asahi knows that they can already get listings immediately in the UK. They probably already have, obviously, a, what, you know, they're already well established here in the UK, Asahi, but it's just increasing that presence, you know, where you're going to get the Asahi products um, based in it. And, and I think this is quite interesting from a company like London Pride, because it is very distinctive. It's an old school, you know, kind of, it's, I mean, it's got London in the name and we know that London exports incredibly well around the rest of the world. London gin, exactly the gin world has really leaned heavily on, on its like, like London foundings, um, you know, to export well. So, you know, I think this, you could start to see London Pride being used and, and sold in a lot of different countries, but Let's talk about taste for a little while. Travis, maybe you can describe the taste of London Pride and then maybe a second question to Barbara. Do you think that taste would export well? So it's, it's, it's bitter. It's definitely a bitter taste that comes through, but it's very smooth at the same time. Can you kind of see where I'm coming from? It's a bitter smooth, but it, it's, it's a pleasant bitterness. You, we, we've tried some beers before that it's quite a harsh and not very nice bitterness, but it's quite a mellow, a mellow bitterness. Is that correct to say? It sounds almost like it's a bittersweet symphony, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, it's funny when I when I talk about it. And actually, I check because um, I noticed you said that it was a an, an original um, ale. Um, the, uh, there was another level to this which I wanted to ask you guys about because I've got um, what is presumably a recently released bottle where they've slightly changed the design, um, where they call it an amber amber ale, and they also around the neck of the bottle that label up there has got. Um, uh, the the signature of the British and Irish Lions, which again is kind of saying, look, remember, we're British. This is a UK-based thing. Um, 
but but equally, um, the other point I wanted to mention is is you talk about ales. I always hear people talk about, particularly with the pales, talking about something being hoppy. Um, I think this is um, I I delicately use the phrase, but I think this is a multi beer. It's almost like the almost like a, a best bitter as 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 um, Drabbers just described a multi, and I feel that's quite a bold. Uh, I think uh, my old man would use the phrase "puts hairs on your chest" sort of beer. Uh, does that sound about right with you, Joe? Yeah, well, I think it's. I mean, lo- looking at the color of it, you know, it's a very tawny colored. You know, it's very brown. Pre- you know, they call it a premium ale. Yeah. If I just if I if I kind of read out how they describe the beer, I think this might kind of sum it up because I'm I'm feeling this. It's what you were saying for that bittersweet drabbers. You know, yeah. it it borrows sweet raisin, biscuit, and dried fruit notes from the crystal malt, while fresh piney herbs emanate from the hops. So it does have that kind of like sweetness and you know kind of like multi you know kind of coming in there. Like it is, I do get a little bit of you know. I wouldn't so much to say raisin, but if you want to put a word on it, yeah, okay, I get something. This isn't sweet like we're talking like sugar. This is sweet in like like a natural fruit. It really does sound like they're describing a fruit cake, though. But I think <laughs> London Pride is a bit fruit cakey. So we're saying it's kind of the worst cake. Are fruit cakes all right? Fruit cake is the worst kind of cake. No, take that. Fruit cakes are good. I like a good fruit cake. Okay then, but. There's way better cakes in the world, and if you were to pick over, would you go? Ah, oh, I really want some fruit cake right now. Do you agree that London Pride is the fruit cake of the beer world? Yes. So I don't really want it all the time, but it's okay if somebody has it in their um, cupboard. Travers, if someone offers you a bit of fruit cake, you're probably <laughs> going to say, "Yeah, I'll have that." Fruit if somebody cake. goes, no, I'm diabetic. But if somebody went, Rich, do you want some fruit cake? Or do you want this really nice chocolate cake? I'm going to go, I want the really nice chocolate cake. Because fruit cake is just, meh. This chocolate cake in your analogy might be a Brewdog Punk IPA. And I think you've just, in in cake terms, shown (laughs) what's happening right now in the the UK beer industry. We have, you know, the old-fashioned but very staple, and a lot of people still love a good fruit cake in the London Prides. (laughs) But you have the chocolate cakes of the world, the Brewdog Punk IPAs coming in there, but people are going to go, oh, actually, I'd rather have that instead. And this is what's happening with the sales. Like, London Pride sales are going through the floor in a, you know, in a respectable way. I say respectable <laughs> way. Well, you, know, you don't want any numbers to go through the floor. But this isn't dropping off as in, you know, like we talked about John Smith not that long ago. And John Smith have, haven't been on the scene for a very, very long time. And, you know, their drinker base is unfortunately like moving or like passing on. Whereas London Pride is still resonates with a lot of people, and but its sales are still declining on a on a quite a flat curve. Loath as I am to disagree with my esteemed colleague Drabbers, but I'd have thought that Fuller's London Pride is more like the Victoria Sponge. It's you know classic, no. time honoured, known by the whole, known by you know a, a lot of people. Okay, yes, these days. The Great British Bake Off may have taken things into another world, but I, I think this is where a lot of the beers originally came from. This I like is, that. This is, okay. one that we, this is one that we know. Mary Berry would respect the brewing process that's gone into Made Fuller's London Pride. She knows full well that nowadays people want a shoe bun and that sort of thing that's, that's been influenced by brewing techniques from around the world. But this is kind of a little bit where it came from, and and it has its role. It might not be so popular these days, but but it has its role. 
I think you're you've got something there, Barb's. And especially when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about um, Great British Bake Off, because you guys may have seen that Fuller's have come out with their own version of a craft beer company or brand that's called Frontier. Okay, I I'm familiar with Frontier. Yeah. So I feel like if London Pride is the Victoria Sponge of you know the beer world, fruitcake. Fr- or, or fruitcake. <laughs> That Frontier is Fuller's attempt at being a great British bake-off, like jazzing up these traditional cakes. Yeah, I feel I feel we're in stark contrast with each other. If some of us are calling uh, Fuller's London Pride Victoria Sponge and some of us are calling it Fruitcake. And by some of us, it's you and Drabbers are calling it one or the other. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry, that's true. I've yet to weigh in on this, if I'm quite on this fruit on this fruit cake or, or Victoria Sponge debate. Mediate the, the contrast. That, <laughs> yeah, go on. Oh, love it. It's amazing. Go on then, Joe. What what cake is London Pride? Well, if you are asking me to mediate, I say that both of you have very made very valid points <laughs> towards the, the fruit cake to the Victoria Sponge. You're not our divorce lawyer, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> You've asked me to mediate, this is how you mediate. <laughs> Drabbers, it's fine. You you take you take the hard ales. I'll take craft. <laughs> I haven't finished my mediation. You both have very equal points, but I think you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that London Pride, it actually fills me with a lot of joy to say talk about London Pride because it is one of those beers that's been around for a long time and you have a lot of like stable to it. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a great cake that fills me with pride and joy because I enjoy a London Pride. Like London Pride, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be this traditional ale. It's going to have a full of flavour. It's nothing but flavour the whole way through. It's going to be distinctly average. I don't think that though. That's I think well, I think maybe I'm more leaning towards the Victoria Sponge with Barber now because <laughs> you've said that. It's a distinctly average beer. How dare you, Mr. Drabwell. I taste a lot of flavour. I taste something that is is really quintessentially English. So much English. character, isn't isn't there? And it's got a lot of character. You can almost taste the history, which is weird to say, but you can taste the fact that this thing has been around and been brewed in this exact same way for a very very long period of time. So it's basic. It's not been improved upon. It's not been changed in any way, sort of thing. It's a basic beer. If we're going back to the point that it says it's the original, that it says it's the the first one of its kind and all this sort of stuff, it's basic. It hasn't been improved upon. It hasn't been expanded upon or anything like that. It's the original. It's the basic version. You can't improve perfection. Basic and been around for a long time, I don't think are the same thing. I think there's a point that you're making there, which is very true, which is that, you know, there are a lot of companies out there who have innovated, they've changed flavours, they've tried to do something different, and and some are succeeding, a lot aren't succeeding in that category. But if you have a recipe for quite literal success, which London Pride have, they've been a staple in the UK for a very, very, very long time. They obviously export very well, which is why Asahi have, have taken a real interest in them. You know, I am a guy of my, you know, my 30s, and I enjoy London Pride. I'm probably, not, I've never, you know, the people who are in their 60s who enjoy London Pride weren't there when London Pride first started. London Pride were here before we have started, and they're going to be here a lot longer than when we finish. So I just think London Pride's going to be constant. So to, for us to, to put our stake in the ground and say, oh, it's basic, whatever, 
It's just not your preference. You, you're getting me wrong here. So basic can be it, it's not a complicated brew and it's not a complicated flavour, which basic can be fantastic because you can have very basic meals and everything like that. Tastes absolutely fantastic. I'm not saying it's a bad beer, but it is a basic beer. It's not. It's no frills. There's nothing special coming from it. It is tasty. It is nice. But it is simple in its flavours. I know full well I'm putting myself at risk <laughs> of getting laughed at big time by Drabbers here. Uh, and, but I fancy myself as a bit of a chef. Right? <laughs> and I was doing some... I've seen you in the kitchen. I've worked with you in the kitchen, Barber. I know what, I know what your chefing I level is. I haven't even said... I, if you're going to bring up the raspberry souffle, I'm going to kill you. Oh, quick, guys, take it out of the oven. The raspberry souffle will flop. Take it out. They didn't even eat it. They didn't eat the raspberry souffle, did they, Barber? They had one spoon for the... We'll, we'll edit this out, Joe. We'll edit this out. We'll, we'll get rid of this. We'll get rid of this. He's gone mad. We, we can't, you know, can't, can't keep that in there. Um, however, <laughs> it makes me laugh because in this house, I, I, I put together a fair amount of food put together by... Um, or, or recipes defined by Jamie Oliver. And there's a wonderfully unwieldy phrase that he uses, <laughs> which is, don't confuse simple with not delicious. And I think you need to bear that in mind. I'm, I'm not saying it's not it's not nice. You've you've got me wrong. It's just a very basic. It's just a generic taste. What's a non-basic drink? Yes, that's good. Because we're basically saying that we know of other drinks that taste similar, which I think which I think you're saying. But then also at the same time. Unless you're going to talk about a bubblegum beer, which I know you've tried recently and absolutely despised <laughs> about, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a good beer. I once left a glass of squash out for too long and I drank it and that was all right. <laughs> so, so, so we're looking at these beers, we're looking at these companies that are creating these fantastic collaborations. We've drunk so many beers that have been collaborations with other breweries that have created these fantastic things. So you look at the one I raved about, the Double Neeper, that came from Salt Brewery. That 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 is a complex and that that's a non basic beer that is exploring flavour and it's taking away from the like the original which, which London Pride is is it states itself to be the original. It's saying that it has it is is what every um, ale is built off sort of thing. It's saying it's what it's built off so that it. It just it's the basic it's the basic level of what they're saying an ale should be and there's all these other ones that have expanded and they've blown up on these flavors that they're infusing all these ridiculous flavors too that are creating these phenomenal beers that we've tried we've tried them on the podcast and we've raved about them so i think and it's you can't argue it's saying it's the original that's what it is it's the basic it's the bottom level of what an ale should be that's what they've claimed yeah, no, you're, I think there's an element to what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I think you've taken real offence to the, the the fact that they've called themselves the original. Um, you know, and I think... <laughs> it's a bold statement. <laughs> this is... But it's true, though. A company that's been around that long has it. I'm not saying that they're not... They Like, let's face it. If Fuller's Brewery were to start doing a load of collaborations with a load of other companies and brewers and stuff, like the new, new brewers have, uh, know they have to do, I think that would be a great idea. I'm there for it. I think the fact that Fullers Brewery are just resting on their laurels, let's put it that way, and they're just kind of reskinning themselves and saying, no, we're, we're really dug, digging into the fact that we're the original, we don't need to change. I think that is, I think that's where you're getting at as well. I, I understand that now, that that's more like they're not willing to innovate. 
I don't think London Pride is something they should touch. I think London Pride should always be London Pride, but that doesn't doesn't make me. But I do completely agree with you that these bigger, more established companies need to start really looking around and not just reskinning themselves as like full, uh, you know, Frontier. I haven't really tried any Frontier craft beers. I would love to try. You know, we're going to do that at some point, I'm sure. But maybe that's just a reskin, and maybe they're just quite mediocre craft beers, or they're very well good craft beers because it's coming from an established great brewery that is fuller's who know how to make great beer but i'm completely with you these more established companies need to be doing some of the stuff that the newer breweries have started doing which is like collaborations and all these kind of things and it's a hundred percent driven these the, the collaborations because get yourself out there to be a bit more pr try and get yourself to be well known you know to spread the love of beer around the world and i think these bigger breweries that have been around for a long time haven't really done any of that. Yeah, I, I would also point out, um, Rich, also bear in mind Fuller's, oh, we we focused on London Pride tonight, but um, bear in mind they, they do do other beers. ESB uh, is one that I've, I've heard lots of people absolutely rave about. There's people out there who believe ESB is the finest beer that is available. Um, I understand they do uh, one called Honeydew, which is, a, is an organic golden. Uh, and there's also uh, a, a, a beer called 1845, which I'm not uh, so familiar with myself. So worth bearing in mind, ultimately, Fuller's do others. Um, and it has been quite, made quite clear here that uh, Joe and I have a soft spot for London Pride. But, you know, they do frontier, they do do a, a selection of others. They might not be doing so much in terms of letting us know what the uh, crazy and wacky uh, uh, bubblegum beers that they do are, are available, but but they are worth looking at the rest of their, their portfolio. I would consider all of the others just on, on the basis of, of how strong a beer I think London Pride is as well, though. Right, let me talk to you guys about their, their numbers. So on Twitter... You can find them as at London underscore Pride or Fuller's London Pride. And they have 16.5K followers on Twitter. And you can find them on Instagram as Fuller's. And they have 18.1K followers. So I think, you know, to kind of sum up, uh, you know, London Pride or Fuller's as, as a whole, if you like cake, you're probably going to have a good debate about it. <laughs> For me, it's much like a carrot cake. <laughs> And that's all we have time for from this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly. And if you or anyone else needs some help, go to drinkaware.co.uk for more information. Drink Aware.